Lord Jesus, would you speak into our hearts and lives, please? Would you take the words from the Bible and take your Holy Spirit to use them to shape and mould us and show us that we have a part to play in this growing kingdom of God? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that the concept of family captures so much of what it means to belong to Jesus together. It captures something of the joy of sharing faith together because we're adopted into God's family as sisters and brothers. We're created to be relational people through friendships, families, communities. And I can guarantee you that the best and the worst times of your life will always have been in relation to other people because we're relational beings. Church family captures something of what that means to be brought back into God's family as we were made to be. And it also sometimes captures the frustrations of that, the challenges, the difficulties that inevitably arise. And I want to say as we think about that, and as I talked this morning about being part of God's growing family, the joys and the growing pains, I just want to say right at the beginning, this includes everybody. Anyone and everyone who simply trusts in Jesus is welcomed into God's family through what Jesus has done. You've got to believe it. You've got to trust in him. But when you do, you're welcome and you're included. And I just want to say really, right at the start, particularly something to single people. That you are just as loved, just as welcome, just as much a part of the church family. I Just because I feel sometimes we talk a lot about family and God loves everyone the same and the church doesn't always do a great job of showing that. And I'm sorry for our part in that. But I want to say to you, whatever your status in life, whatever your situation, if you're trusting and obeying Jesus, you are loved, you are welcomed, you are included, and as we're going to see, you are part of God's family. So three things that I want to share this morning as we embark on this journey through Acts. And the first one we see right away at the beginning of that reading, because we are God's growing family, disagreements will sometimes happen. We see in those verses that the church was a growing family. In those days, the number of disciples was increasing. And they're like a family because they're trying to share what they have with others who are in need. But they're also like a family because they have some disagreements and some problems. They're sharing out the food, but the Jews from the Greek background feel that their widows uh, are being overlooked in the distribution of the food. So it is a disagreement, and that is in some ways very reassuring to know that the church has been trying to deal with those disagreements for the last 2,000 years and counting, and no doubt will do until the day that Christ returns. I tell you for certain, it's very reassuring as a vicar to know that that happens. And I'm very grateful that at All Saints, it happens a lot less than anywhere else I think I've ever been. But disagreements will happen because we are part of a growing family. And we often fall out with or have difficulty with the people that we're actually closest to. It would be far more worrying if we never fell out with each other. Because it would mean that we were operating on such a superficial level that we didn't really care about what we were doing. We didn't really care about each other. We didn't really have any opinion about it. We just sort of turned up, sang our songs and went home. That's the only way that you can avoid disagreements is to keep it on a very superficial level. 
But as soon as you get close to people, as soon as you care about something, as soon as you become a family together, there's going to be disagreements. And if you've ever lived with anyone else, whether that's family or friends, you will know full well that that is the truth. Spending time close to other people will lead to disagreements. Now, I was racking my brain for an illustration of this point, and the perfect one was given to me, I think, by God. Living with people leads to disagreements. And I've got an illustration for you, which is so perfect because it seems to be directly connected to this issue of the distribution of food. When I was younger, me and my brother used to fall out all the time over who'd eaten all the snacks. And it got so bad at home that my mum had to buy two boxes, one with each of mine and my brother's name on it. And every time she came home from the supermarket with some crisps or something, everything had to be split in half and half put in my brother's box and half put in my box and we were only allowed to eat things out of our own box we had a disagreement my mum listened to it and she came up with a solution you're probably picturing me being about seven aren't you well I met Emily when I was 19 and she still remembers them the thing is that when you're close to people when you're part of a family disagreements will happen. The question is, what do you do about it? And what we see here in Acts chapter 6 is that they talk about it. They don't splinter off or carry a grudge or a resentment. They talk about it. They're pretty clear. They complain against them because they're being overlooked. They at least talk about it. And those who are bearing that responsibility listen. In church life, in church family life, disagreements are inevitable. But what we see here is that people are willing to talk about it and others are willing to listen. The church is not in trouble when people fall out with each other. That's just going to happen. We're all sinful people on a journey of sanctification. The question is, what do we do about it? Do we share graciously with each other and lovingly? And do we listen to each other and do something about it? The church is not in trouble when people have disagreements. The church is in trouble when we stop listening to those disagreements and we don't do anything about it. What we see here in Acts chapter 6 is a a real problem, a very significant problem in the church family, but they share and they listen. And that is so important for us as a church family to remember we are part of God's family. We're all fallen. We're all broken. There will be things that happen that we disagree with each other on or fall out over or, or don't like. But knowing that that happens, knowing that we can respond in grace, listen to one another and seek to find the right way forward makes a huge difference. Talking about it in the right way makes such a big difference. Now, I'm not saying that we need to try and find these problems and try and create disagreements so that we can share grace with each other. Please don't, on your way out, decide to pick on someone just to spark a disagreement. I'm going on holiday tomorrow. I don't want that. pastoral situations because someone said well the vicar said we should disagree with each other so I just wanted to tell you how much I don't like your jacket let's not do that disagreements will occur the question is how do we respond do we respond in grace and love and kindness and do we listen as they listened because they did something about it and that leads me on to my second point because we are God's growing family Everyone has a part to play. 
What they realised was that the same people can't do all of the things that needed to happen. So the twelve gather the disciples together and they say, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God. Brothers and sisters, choose seven, known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we'll turn this responsibility over to them. So they present the seven who were chosen, who Tony read wonderfully, and I'm not going to try and recreate. They pray for them and they lay hands on them to commission them. Now you could hear their initial response negatively of the 12, the apostles. You could hear them saying, no, we're too important for that. Let someone else do it. But actually, as you read through this passage, you see that they realise that it is a crucial spiritual role. What do they say? Choose seven who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. What a response to a practical need in the church. We need someone who's good at dividing up and distributing bread. What do we look for? Someone with a sharp bread knife? Someone with a big boot? Well, they're useful things. But in Acts chapter 6, they look for people who are full of the spirit and wisdom. They see that everything we do together as a church family is a spiritual role. That everyone has a part to play and God equips and gifts people to play their part in the family. Even in what are sometimes seen as the more practical roles, when we're a part of God's family, they are spiritual roles. And God will equip us for them. Whether we're doing the cleaning, the accounting, the welcoming, the teas and the coffees, serving on the PCC, which is the Church of England's closest thing to deacons, by the way, whatever it is that we're doing, putting the chairs out, tidying up after a vicar who leaves his masks lying around, whatever it is, all the things that we do together are a spiritual role and every single one is important to God. The gifts that God gives out are different, but they are not a hierarchy. And because we're part of a growing family still, just as they were in Acts, everybody, including you, has a part to play. And all of those parts are equally valid and important. We must, must resist the trend that I think we can see in Christianity for a separation of the professional ministry and the consumer worshippers. We must resist that trend. That there are some people who are the ones who do the ministry and then there are others who come along to pay their tithe, sing the song and go home. That is not what the Bible pictures a church family to be like. Let me read you from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 4. He's talking about the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, the 12, in our example, in Acts chapter 6. And he says this, Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Let me read that again. Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. In a church family, who is it that does the works of service? It's the people. What is the role of the pastors and the teachers? Well, simply to equip the people who actually get on with the works of service 
so that the body of Christ may be built up. If you are people or person, you have a part to play and God will equip you for it. It might be something you're already doing. It might be something that you are yet to do. We're called to have faith and an openness to God's Holy Spirit, equipping us for the things that God is calling us to serve in. Perhaps there will be something new as we move out of the pandemic that God is calling you to. But I'd love to talk with you about that and pray into it. It's important that it is discerned within the church community, within our church family, as it was in Acts chapter 6 when they identified those seven. The point is that everyone has a part to play. In God's growing family, you will have a part to play that suits you. The way that God's made you, the way that God has gifted you, the way that God is equipping you, you will still have a part to play because we're part of God's growing family. Everyone has a part to play. And then finally, thirdly, we see the impact of that. We see what happens when a church overcomes its disagreements and finds everybody a part to play. We see that God is at work. Verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests, that is Jewish priests, became obedient to the faith in Jesus. Now we'll see next week and the week after that this growth often leads to opposition. It's not a magic formula that if we overcome disagreement and get everyone a job to do, suddenly we'll be unencumbered in the way forward of the gospel. No, there will still be, in fact, they're probably more likely to be opposition to that. We're going to see that in the way that they treat Stephen. But when the family of God overcomes its differences, loves one another, works together, values everybody, encourages people to see that they are called and gifted by God, Jesus will be at work, spreading the good news, making disciples, and welcoming people into the church family. I promise I won't embarrass you, but if you've only started coming along to church or connecting with us since the start of the pandemic, I won't ask you anything else. Would you mind just putting up your hand if you're in the hall? About seven, eight people. Welcome. Especially welcome. God's growing family. Where everyone should have a part to play. I wonder how you feel about that. Maybe it gets you excited. Maybe you feel a little bit nervous. Maybe you're not sure what you're going to be asked to do. Well, this is about being led by God. When this situation arose in Acts chapter 6, they went to God, they prayed, and they found the right people for the right job. I don't want to be in a church where we have a list of jobs and then match up the people the best we can to the things that we think should happen. I think it's far better and far more biblical to ask the question, who has God called into our family? How has he equipped and gifted us? And therefore, how can we together best serve him? That seems to me to be a wonderfully biblical and safe and faithful way of doing that. A growing family working together where everyone has a part to play that is right for them.
You're loved by God. You are welcome in his family. And he wants to use you to bring his good news, his transformation to Wick and to the world. Can we believe that despite the occasional challenges and disagreements, when we see we have a part to play and our focus is on sharing this good news of Jesus, we will see him at work and that that will be the most exciting thing in our lives. You're invited. You are welcome. You are gifted by God. You are part of what Jesus is doing to bring people back to life in him. And the really fun thing is, we get to do it together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this story recorded for us of the deacons. Thank you that it shows us that there will be challenges, but by your grace we can overcome them. Thank you that it shows us that all the parts of your family, your church, are important, spiritual, and everyone has a role to play. Would you help us, Lord, to be encouragers, champions, and supporters of one another as we seek your will for how we together can bring this good news of Jesus to Wick and to the world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.